What's going on? It's your boy Lawrence Kane Jr., financial coach and host of the Money Mondays podcast, man. Got my brother in the building, special. He's special to me. He all I mean, it's always great vibes. It's always that that inspiration that I need as we're building financial success in the community. And he's what I consider a community pillar. Um, and overall, just a great guy, man. Great, great, great person to be around, man. I got Andrew Tudor. He uh, is a entrepreneur, um, a, a newly husband. That's my yeah. shout out. Shout out to you yeah. um, for, for for making that that mark before uh, twenty twenty one ended, man. And um, and also in business with your brother, yeah. right? Like yeah, so, we go we gonna get into a lot of these things. But hey, Andrew, first and foremost, thanks for being on the show, brother. I'm glad to be here. Excited for the invite. I'm glad I. I knew the word of Army Green. Day, <laughs> you so, feel me? So feel me? In, so I'm excited to be here, man. For sure, man. Um, so let's talk about, again, where you are now, yep. what all you're doing, and yep. then we're going to kind of like backtrack. Like how did you, like what led up to what, what you do? Because what you do is phenomenal. And um, there, there's going to be, I think there's going to be some good insight um, that's being shared here. So let's talk first about Alchemist Wealth. Okay. Talk talk to the people. What is that? Yeah. And uh, how did how did you and Fred get that together? Yeah. So Alchemist Wealth is a independent, family owned financial planning and investment uh, firm. And so we're we're registered in the state of Ohio, and we work with you know usually high, we work with a lot of high income women. Uh, we work with families, and it's really around how do we map out the future, how do we figure out your unique path, what's important to you, what success, financial success, air quote, looks like for you, mm-hmm. and then how do we map that and then execute that out for you. So we are uh, a little over a year in business, um, and right now we're serving 24 families on an ongoing basis, uh, managing assets and also just mapping out plans to execute them for. For sure, for yeah. sure. That's dope. Now, before that, and I, I, I'm going to jump like kind of like two steps yeah, yeah, back, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you started off in banking and me, me and you both started off in banking, right? Absolutely. So talk about how, like, how did you, how did those previous roles at the in the banking industry really come into like, pl- like to being your... DNA to start Alchemist Wealth. Yeah. Like, talk about that. Yeah, man. I think the bank for me and for my brother, who was, who, who was my business partner, um, was really where we grew up. And so, you know, when I was in college, I started an internship with U.S. Bank. It ended up turning into a leadership program. And, uh, you know, so I did every role in the branch. So starting off, I was a teller. And then promoted to a teller coordinator, managing the teller line, to personal banker, to assistant manager, small business banker, to branch manager. So the program really allowed me to learn the entire branch function. Uh, but it also taught me how to deal with people, how to how to how yeah. to serve people. And I saw a bunch of things that we couldn't do at the bank that I knew needed to be done by somebody. And, and, and that is very similar to my brother Fred's story as well. Um, mm-hmm. he, he was in banking for eight years. I was in banking for five years. And just working with people, having a heart for people, re- really realizing 
there was no one speaking their language in this investment world. Uh, and there was no real, no one speaking their language in this saving debt management yeah. world as well. And so, sure. uh, and in some ways you look around and um, we were thriving selling debt. And whether that be credit card, line of credit, different things, and that might not have been the way we wanted to make a living. So, yeah. uh, and no offense to banks, you know, that, that's what they do. And so, um, so that that's really what informed and helped me to do that. I say everything I learned at the bank was transferable. Yeah. How to talk to someone, how to have empathy for someone's financial situation, how to teach and coach people, mm-hmm. and then being with them along the path to see them learn new habits, change habits, learn new concepts, and really grow financially, and ha- helping people to think bigger than what they might have known in the past or what they've been taught. So... As soon as I knew that 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 I wanted to do something in the investment world in the long term planning world, I started looking around at places that could teach me how to serve clients in that space. Right, and that's really what what prompted me to jump out from the bank and end up uh, where I went, which was Northwestern Mutual. Right, yeah. and then what was the role there? That was financial financial planning. advisor. Yeah, yeah financial yeah. So, advisor. So so really in that role, you are working to find. Uh, connect with and then bring on clients out of the gate, right? And so because of my banking background and some of the network I built, I I went out and, and, you know, was able to have community involvement. I knew a lot of folks who were serving clients as well as as mortgage brokers and accountants and CPAs and things like that. But it was really how do I go and get these folks to see the value in hiring me to help them with investment planning, financial planning, retirement planning, and insurance planning, uh, to be specific. And so, you know, that was that was a, a run and gun type of offense for my <laughs> for my uh, for my, my sports fans. And it was really high volume. It was high, um, you know, high energy, day in day out, finding people and bringing in clients. And I, I learned yeah. a ton. Uh, I got all my licenses. Shout out to them. They, they, uh, you know, I got my life and health insurance license. I got my investment license paid for by them, two or three of them. And they also funded my designations, which served me a lot now as a certified financial planner and as a retirement income uh, specialist as well. So, you know, they really taught me the game for the four years I was there. Yeah, man. I mean, and I remember, obviously, we've been knowing each other since that time, yep. right? Yep. We were supposed to do that event, and it got canceled. Remember, yep. we all Good still song. met. Yep. We all still met. And Shout that, out to Ed Mathis, man. Yeah. Uh, Ed and, 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 and Khalil, I think, as well. It was Ed. No, remember. No, not not that. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. Remember, the Urban League was supposed to do something. It was me, you, and Emerald. Emerald, yeah, yeah. I, oh, we did that. We did that event one. No, we didn't. We didn't do that. We didn't. Remember, it canceled, and we ended up meeting at Panera Bread. That is true. Because we was like, man, we still will. Like let's this, still live. I like this lineup. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, nah, I mean, that, but that was right around the time that you, you had just started at Northwestern Mutual, man. Yeah. And I, I mean, and for those listening, like, I have my retirement, you know, for be. As a full-time entrepreneur, 
because of you, yeah, right? And and, that, and we set that up. Yeah. And I'm telling people, right? I'm I'm referring people to you know Josh. That you know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's yeah, our yeah. dog. Like yeah, so, I sure. just met with him like a couple weeks ago. I like to him yesterday. Shout yeah, out to Josh yeah, yeah, man. So, um, with with that being said, when you were there, you I mean you dominant. I mean, bro, you like your work ethic is crazy. Where does where does that come? Is that coming from being an athlete so many years or like? Because I mean, you bro, when I say if I had half your work ethic, nah, bro, I'll nah, be better, bro. But now nah, I appreciate it, man. It came from my parents. So so my dad is a coach, high school football and basketball at Warner Hills now. Okay, shout out they fourteen and one right now in hoop, uh, and my and my uncle's head coach as well. So, um, and I realized when he retired a few years ago, he retired with like all of his sick days. All of his vacation days, almost. Mm. So he just he wakes up every day and does the job. Uh, he taught us that, coached us towards that. My mom is the same way. My mom may outwork him. I mean, you know, she did a 30-year uh, postal employee, public servant. Uh, and we had, we had properties at the house as well. So I was mm. born and raised in a four family where we owned it and rented it out mm. in Avondale. Uh we moved to Bond Hill and kept the Avondale. And then when we moved in to go to Wyoming, we kept the Bond Hill. So in my high school years, I would watch my parents go to work, work hard. My dad would be coaching. And then weekends and nights, we were cutting grass at three places, taking out the trash at three places. So, you know, that's that's why. That's so you you was born to be an entrepreneur at this point because it was. That's a good question. It, it was it was I mean not and I want to say born because you you're not born. Think everybody is born an entrepreneur. Yep. But you you saw what it looked like from a I'm going I have this job that's mm-hmm. going to supply you know right now money but we have these properties and we have this this stuff that you may not see the money pay off right now, yeah. right? Like, every two weeks, I'm not getting a check from owning property. Like, I also, if somebody damaged the property or, I'm, I'm set back you know, me. I'm set back. So, I mean, you've you seen that. And I think for me, I didn't have that similar upbringing, yeah. but I saw entrepreneurship up close. Mm-hmm. So, they didn't, t- they, they may not necessarily have taught us, like, hey, this is how you become an entrepreneur. This yeah. is what you do. But when you like my grandparents had a a, a, a deli, yeah. they they got a cleaning you know company where they had contracts with the board of health, mm-hmm. Jake Sweeney like you know what I mean like my yeah. mom had a hair and beauty supply store oh, in yeah. our in our townhouse you know what I mean yeah. so it's like again you you're not taught it but, but you're you raised it. in it I understand yeah yeah so, so that's so. dope that makes sense though on why you and your brother. Like your brother, dope. Like shout out to Fred. Yeah, like, but it's dope. like he's a brilliant person, and it. I mean, but it, hearing you talk about the upbringing makes a lot of sense on why y'all are both able to have a business together, right? right. Like you think about family business. Most people ain't going in business with their siblings. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so talk about that. Like, how yeah. did y'all? How did y'all come about That's saying like, I wanna, like, let's let's go ahead and do this because y'all both are already respectably successful in your yeah man i'll tell you to to to, to be honest man fred fred has been um my closest friend and like bailed me out of situations since i was like eight (laughs) and and so uh and one specifically that stuck out in my mind that really uh 
solidified our partnership. And, and let's go back. Our 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 leadership styles, our work styles, the way we view the world complement each other very well. So, you know, I am more outspoken. I would say I'm out and about a lot more. Um, I also have no kids, so I, you know, I, you know, I'm 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 doing a lot. I've always been doing a lot since I was a kid. And Fred has always been more diligent. He's always been more of a, a, a stable-minded, precision executor. Mm-hmm. And the older I got, the more I came to value what he brings and who he is as a counterweight to what I bring and who I am. And so, like, the idea to bring us together made sense on paper, too. Mm-hmm. But the biggest reason for me personally was... You know, when I went to when I went away to college, I went to Wittenberg. Uh, Fred went to Wittenberg as well. My father went to Wittenberg, so it was kind of this whole nice little legacy thing going on. But we got into financial trouble, so sh- so you know, back to the entrepreneur journey, right? There are ebbs and flows. Two thousand and eight in real estate was bad for a lot of people, and it was bad for our family as well. Mm. And so, when my parents went through financial distress, they couldn't co-sign on a loan for me. And I couldn't get access to any money, so I ended up leaving school and going to work at Fifth Third Bank in the call center mm. for like ten months, saving all the money I could because I owed like six grand. And when I got ready to go back to school, I was short, and Fred cut the check. And I had saved; I'd been working. He said, "How much do you have?" And I said, "I, you know, I have forty-eight hundred or whatever it was, mm-hmm. or forty-two hundred or whatever it was." He's like, "Okay." And he's like two years in his career, right? Because he's two years older than me. And he said, if you if you pay that, I'll pay the rest of it. Mm. And so the only reason I went back to school, the only reason I finished school was because he came out of pocket. He's never asked for a dollar back. It was just like, I got you. Yeah. So when I, as I started building businesses, I started thinking about like, who are the, who would I ideally want to partner with from their skill set, but also from like, a trust standpoint, I trust him more than anybody else in the world. So right. It makes sense. Man, that's dope, bro. I mean, I, I got a little brother, but we didn't grow up in the same household. Okay. And we always talk about, like, with Abundance University, he stay in Nashville. And I'm like, soon, bro. Like, it's going to be something. Like, that's going to be your branch, bro. Yeah. Like, so it's dope, man. And I, I, I applaud both of you. And, I, and again, uh, your brother is just such a, a great guy. For sure. You know what I'm saying? And it's always good to hear stories like this as far as you know your family coming through man and i think that's the biggest thing he ain't he never asked for anything back and he never will because that's just the guy he is like y'all got this brand together in this company uh one of them i should say right because we're gonna get into the other one but you know it's, it's it's just dope man to hear that and and um Nah, that's 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 a good story. And I, I and and you talk about that even in your bio on Alchemist website sure. about how you know you had to leave college and you know you you end up fighting your way back. So yeah. it's, nah, definitely that that's a good that's a good story, bro. So it turn it, it jumps to this like that's my origin story. I love hearing <laughs> that. I think it was Simon Sinek who said it. Like people talk about their why, yeah, but usually your why is like your origin story, yeah. And like my origin story is around the financial decisions you made today ripple generationally, right? So what you do and don't know both can hurt you. Yep. Like like just because you don't know doesn't mean that 
your family, your kids, your grandkids are immune to those consequences. Mm-hmm. So like, and I, I shot like, like I said, my parents have incredible work ethic. They're great folks. They're successful each individually and collectively in their own rights. But there's just some stuff they didn't know. Yep. And it it came back to bite them. Therefore, came back to bite me. Right. And so, like, when my father retired in 2016, I was helping him. Uh, or 2015, I was helping him like do the paperwork to you know for the state of Ohio, and I just asked him like, who did you rely on for financial advice? Mm. You know, all your life, right? Yeah. And like, it was kind of a smart grin, but like, there was nobody there for that. Like, there was. I didn't meet a financial advisor until I was in college, right? Growing up in the neighborhoods I grew up in, there were no financial experts that you could go lean on and right. ask questions to. At least I didn't know any. Mm. And so, like, deciding to be that person for people, especially people who look like me, especially people who are doing it for the first time in their family's history, that's what gives me a little more. Absolutely. Yeah. Nah, man. And, and you know, we were talking before we got on about that term generational wealth, mm-hmm. right? Because we have these generational um, challenges. Correct. You know, when it comes to every every family has these uh, things that come about, and if you if we're not careful, they affect they they have that ripple effect Absolutely. just naturally. Like that's just how life works, right? Absolutely. But from your perspective, and again, you've been in this financial space for would you say ten over? Years. It's been ten. Yeah, it's been ten years. Yeah. About to say it's been ten, right? So. What would you say, like t- like generational wealth? Yep. What what does that look like for, like what are the steps in 2022? Correct. What can somebody do to at least start the process? Obviously, we you know again we're in our 30s, we ain't even thinking about you know a hundred years from now. But when we say that term generational wealth, that that is what that's talking Correct. about. <laughs> So, talk about that, bro. Yeah, that's a great question. I love the way you framed it. I will say, uh, shout out to Mike Kelly. He He's a financial planner. Uh, we passed our CFP at the, on the same day. Um, but he also does executive coaching. And one of the exercises he does with clients is, let's talk about the tutors 100 years out. Mm. So, I think if we're talking about generational wealth and we're exploring what that means a hundred years out is a really good thing to think about and it just shifts the entire conversation right like we're talking about four to five generations later we're talking about grand great grandkids and great great grandkids Mm -hmm. let's talk about what that means and what do you want for them and that completely should drive like decision making Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. generational wealth what's interesting to me about it is that i think that it can be tricky to have this conversation knowing that folks who usually become millionaires or the equivalent of millionaires or decamillionaires in history are typically back, the family back to being broke in three generations. Mm-hmm. So they say from shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations, which means that accumulating the dollars is only half of the battle, even maybe less than half of the battle is the accumulation of the dollars. 
The hardest part is the accumulation of the knowledge, the transferring of the knowledge and wisdom to your kids, and the system that you put in place so that your kids and grandkids not only inherit the assets, but also inherit the information and the decision-making ability of a wealthy person or someone building and creating things. So I said it, I said that because it can feel like you're in a position that what you have to start with is too small, but on a hundred year time horizon, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the, a lot of the largest businesses today in the state of Ohio and around the world are a hundred years ago started very humbly right kroger was started very humbly with a convenience store right mm-hmm. uh shout out to the high towers and their uh petroleum conglomerate but it started three decades ago i mean three generations ago with a cleaning business mm. right i didn't know that yeah and I didn't so know that. and so you know it is usually the first generation creates it teaches it brings in the second generation the second generation usually blows it up right they take the entrepreneurial spirit of the first generation with some of the education and tools and you know access to education that they get from schooling and they 10x 20x 30x and usually that third generation who has never seen the struggle or never had to work for it blows it Right. So the question is, <laughs> what's the right path to do it? And how do you want to do it? Right? And, <laughs> yeah. And, and I just wanted to say that because like, it's not about the money. Yeah. It's about the money, but it's not about the money. Right. So generational wealth to me means, and like I said, it, it means different things to different people, but I'll say what it means to me. For me, it means my children have options. Their children have options. And their children have options. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to build generational freedom more than generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Freedom to decide how I make a living, where I make a living, who I make a living with, and what impact I want to make. Yeah. Um, and so that, that takes money. So we're going to talk about the money, right? What are the strategies you put together to pass down the money? But that also means you got to prepare those next generations to... Know how to read financial statements. You need to prepare that generation to know why they do what they do. They have to be able to navigate marriages and divorces well. Mm-hmm. Uh, choosing a spouse, which is can be detrimental or completely advantageous depending on the person you pick, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just it's more to yeah. it than the money, but uh, the money is where because historically we've been. Uh, lacking resources, right? The money is where we focus right now. Right. So, things that you can do is that the, where you want to go? You want to go to family, the people route, or you want to go to dollars route? Let's do it's Money Mondays, bro. So, <laughs> we, we gonna go to dollar route first. Okay. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, when it comes to the, 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 the tactics of the money, I think it's so simple that it can be annoying. <laughs> But the number one thing you have to do is figure out how to earn 
figure out how to earn well, right? I would say, what skill sets do you have that are unique or that you work on to make them unique? And then how do you leverage that to make money? If you're not focused on earning, maximizing those earning growth, sharpening your skills to continue to be more valuable next year than you are this year, mm. you're in trouble. Yeah. So when people chase money, they shouldn't. They should be chasing value and skill sets. So first it's like, who earns more money? I mean, somebody making 30 grand and someone making 130 grand have completely different options and choices in what their grandchildren will experience. So you gotta earn and figure that out. And that, that could be with a company, that could be on your own. But it can be both. It can be both, right? Love that. It can be a lot of things at the same time, but it has to be, we have to earn the money first. Right. The second thing is we have to live below our means. It, it is, people come to us asking us to invest, but you invest savings. So if you're not saving, you can't invest. Like, what are we, what are we investing? So, all savings are is you making more than you spend. Hmm. That's all savings are. So if you're not living under your means, you can't save and you can't invest. So the best way for us to invest, what we love to do with people is to figure out what they're earning, figure out what they're spending, determine an amount that we're going to systematically save and invest and then put a system in place so that they can systematically save and invest that automatically without them having to think about it because if we leave it up to our emotions you know we'll be me i'll just speak for myself i'll be buying oculuses and jays and i'm trying to take up golf but i don't want to be out there without a nice pair of golf shoes so i'm looking at how to Get the Jordan One golf shoe hybrid joints. So when I when when those hit me from the internet, I need the money that I need for my my house that I want in four years, my retirement that I want in twenty years, the college funding I want for my kids in eighteen years. I need that money gone out of my accounts before I check it to see if I can go buy them J's. Yeah. So that's what we do for people is having that conversation, what are the things you want? How much are those things gonna cost? And out of your monthly cash flow, how much are we gonna allocate to those places? If you get bonuses, how much of that bonus are we putting there? So we're, we're just figuring out tactically how to hit your dreams. And one of those dreams for some people, it sounds like, are that generational wealth. So we need to be, we need to be putting money there. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of different ways to do it. So I say first is earning, second is living below your means, and then the third part is banking and investing that difference. And there's a lot of different ways to go about banking and investing that difference. There are more hands-off versions, which are like index fund investing, which I love. Right. ETF investing, which is very similar. Um, you know, you have you know, even cryptocurrency investing can be hands off. There's a lot of ways that you can just put money in monthly and watch it grow with yeah. patience. There are more involved, active ways of doing it, like buying and selling certain things, starting businesses with your access, uh, excess uh, funds, 
flipping real estate, mm-hmm. um, you know, side businesses, other things that you can do. Yeah. But you can't do any of those things if you aren't earning more than you spend. So we gotta right. either pick up your earning or lower your spending or both. Yep. And that and that and that simple way of looking at how do you get the ball rolling? No matter, uh, unless somebody's leaving you a hundred and hundred and fifty thousand, like unless somebody's dropping money in your lap, which <laughs> I wish, you know, I hope for you that. Yeah. <laughs> but but we can't rely on that for. Nah, that's fact. Us or the next generation. For sure, and 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 I want to really drive home the point when you're talking about earning more money. You're not talking about an extra twenty five hundred three thousand dollars a month. You're not talking about that. That sounds good starting off. Mm-hmm. And you can get to that point. Correct. But just start off. Let's let's see how you can bring in the extra 250 a month. 250 a month. $100 a week. <laughs> you know, you're right. It's, it, it, we going to start where, where we can start. Um, but wherever that is, we have, to, we have to make the decision to bank it. Like, that it, this is... This money does not go to lifestyle. This money does not go to rent or mortgage or the car or the kids or the Christmas. Like, no, this money goes to the future. Mm-hmm. And I've decided before I earn it that that's where it's going. Right. And that and that's so what I did. This is just something that, again, when we talk about these things, like we we don't we don't talk about things we're not doing. Correct. Right. So like to, when I had a meeting with Josh who is my financial advisor, right? We doubled, I'm doubling every year how much I contribute to that IRA, mm-hmm. right? Then I just ran into some new money, mm-hmm. some, une- I want to say new money, some unexpected money Love unexpected that money. I'm like, oh, extra $1,000 a month? I'm going to use half of it to pay off some debt and then I'm going to put the other half up. So now I'm going to be saving an extra $6,000 of this year that I didn't plan for. I already, I'm already saved money. Exactly. But now I get to put that because what I'm trying to do, we're trying to get a half a million dollar house in a few years. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need to put down some money for that. You feel me? So it's like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, but, I'm with you 100%. So, so we're not, again, where you're, as you're listening to this, people, hear us clear. We're not telling you to do some things outside of your ability. Mm-hmm. We're telling you that whatever you decide to do, you have to be disciplined not to abort the mission. Agree. <laughs> you have to stay focused on that. Whether that is again, if you're if you're making a hundred dollars extra a week, that doesn't mean you get the you know, treat yourself now to that extra 100. We're saying put that up and don't touch it, even if there is a sale. Even if, you you know what I mean? Like, there, there's there's not, nothing should stop you. We hear this term, no, nothing should stop you from your goals. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, you don't include yourself in that nothing. Mm-hmm. You have to include yourself and stop self-sabotaging your future, your generational wealth, and everything that you say you wanted. Correct. That's the biggest thing. I think that's so key. And when it comes to self-sabotage, 
we uh we major in that. Mm. Like we major in the psychological part of money, right? Most people are not struggling with the math. We we talk about understanding investment vehicles and we teach that. Understanding accounting and taxes and we're teaching that. Mm. Understanding savings and debt and lending and we teach that. But personal finance is more personal than finance. So we have to major in ourselves. Like we have to figure out what our triggers are. We have to figure out why we want the goals we want. Because if you say something's important and then you continually don't make the sacrifices for that thing, maybe it's not important. And that's okay too. It's okay to reevaluate and say, you know, I actually don't want that house. I thought I wanted that house, but I don't want it anymore. Mm-hmm. But to continually say something's important and then not do the things necessary for it is the definition of self-sabotage. <laughs> um, yeah. And so we major in that. And we talk about the psychological side of it because most of the issues are not financial issues. They're psychological issues. And some of those psychological issues, we do something called money scripts. Yeah. Um, it's a PhD CFP guy made it and he talks about there's an assessment you can take to figure out what how do you rank on these different areas these different money scripts money avoidance money worship money vigilance uh and i'm missing one but uh and what it says is that we all follow a script everybody living in this world follows a script Something happens and they respond based on that script. Mm-hmm. You could have been taught that script. Usually you learn that script before you were eight years old. Mm. So most people are following scripts that their parents, they learn from their parents, whether their parents intended to teach them or not, grandparents, friends, family. They can morph over time, but usually most people hold on to the first ones that they learn. And those can be poverty, survivorship. Uh, they can be a lot of things, Right. And so what we want to talk about is like, what do you believe about money and where did it come from? And that conversation, if, if, if we make a financial plan that's perfect for you, but you still believe that your value is in the things you own, away from us, you're going to feed that value by buying stuff that make you feel good and make you look good and sabotage the plan. So we need to figure that out early. Hey, you know, do you, is status important to you? If so, why? And if status is important to you and you have a decision between a status symbol and a, and, and investing in something for your kids, without having this discussion, you're probably going to choose that status symbol. Mm-hmm. That the, the, the Benz emblem on the front of the car means more to you than saving for college. And you would never say that. No one says that out loud. That Mm -hmm. sounds bad to say, but a lot of people live in that way. And I'm not here to judge that. I'm just saying, we just need to know. So I I agree with what you said 100%. Like we, we can't let ourselves get in the way, but most of the time we don't even understand like why we buy what we buy 
and why we don't save when we have an opportunity to and all of that stuff. And let alone why our spouse buys what they buy and why our spouse saves or doesn't save. So, you know, personal finance is a lot more personal than finance. Absolutely, man. That was good, bro. I'm, man, listen. We always been on the same wavelength mm-hmm. as far as just our philosophies and, you know, obviously we we have our conversations and, you know, we try to make things make sense for the people we serve, you Correct. know what I mean? And and that's the bottom line, man, and that's why I wanted to really, you know, bring you on because this, this information, man, is so critical. It's critical to us. And, again, as we start a new year, I want us to be prepared and focused, man. And, you know, so even though we're recording this in January, like, I'm going to be running some of these clips back, you know <laughs> what I mean, throughout the, the year. Because it's like, don't forget your end result Correct. that you're after. And, again, it's, you know, the seed is always smaller than the harvest. You know, that's one of the principles in my book, man. So, you know, we just got to do those small things, man. And that that's what's going to get us to greatness and, and whatever greatness we're after, man. So I know you got to get out of here, man. And um, But nah, man, I, this this was good. I just got one more question. Yeah, yeah. I think just one more. Um, <laughs> one more question, man. What would you tell your 18-year-old self? Uh, 18-year-old Andrew made a lot of mistakes, um, and I needed them all. I I typically learn from my mistakes, um, so, like, now I'm just trying to run run towards them and, like, make them, learn from them. I think an expert is someone who's made all the mistakes you can make in a finite space or in a certain profession. So I would tell I would tell eighteen year old Andrew. Uh, I was corporate trained also starting at about eighteen, and like how to look, how to speak, how to how to dress, what to say, and and I had to unlearn a lot of that stuff in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one for my own personal growth and happiness. So I would I would really tell him to be authentic, I would really tell him that if he has to change who he is for someone's approval, he don't want their approval. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also tell him to save 20% of every dollar he earns somehow, some way, and don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I would say. For sure. Oh, I would say last but not least, and this will come into some of the things that I'm involved with now. I would say that alignment is important. Like, um, I used to walk in different rooms and be different people. I don't know if intentionally or unintentionally, but alignment is important. Like, the things that you care about, you shouldn't have to change in different rooms. So, like, right now, you know, my brother and I run Alchemist Wealth and the values of Alchemist Wealth, you know, helping people achieve financial freedom, authenticity, teaching, coaching, being honest and transparent. Like, boom, we love that. We just launched an accounting business, Cast Accounting, 
we were talking about our values. It, it was the two of us and uh, Candace Hayes McGinnis. McGinnis, who's a CPA, so we launched that together. We were talking about our values, and we were saying, oh, man, they, they kind of look the same. And I'm like, well, yeah, because we're the same people. At least we still value the same things. Uh, we have a group called I Rise of, of 25 brothers who pool money and invest together, and those values are pretty aligned across the board. So I say, like, being able to be yourself in every space and, like, you might find new ways of adding value to different people, but like if you got to change who you are, like it's not worth it. So I like that, bro. Yeah. I like it, man. So we'll put everything uh, everywhere you can connect with Andrew Tudor in the show notes, man. And obviously, when we drop some of the snippets on social media, again, it's been a pleasure, my brother, man. Always. I appreciate you, um, guys. Remember, subscribe, share this episode with three, four people you know, love, and trust, and remember. Financial success happens on purpose and success does not visit the lazy. God bless.